Happy International Women's Day. In my high school, um, there were very few women who went to engineering career paths. Just to say that even though we consider these as universal problems, most of the people, especially in the VC world, consider this a niche market. 50%. Oh, they say, oh, femtech, so niche. Fight for what you want, because even if you're women, even if you're young women, you don't need to be below somebody just because you're a woman or just because you're a young age. More women representative, more speakers, more women in technology to showcase what they have got, their insights, their learnings over the years, their journeys, how they actually get onto the technology world. Happy International Women's Day. We have plenty to celebrate today as opportunities for gender balance and diversity become more ingrained in the technology sector. According to the government-funded growth network Tech Nation, there are nearly 3 million people, or 9% of the workforce, that are employed in the UK tech industry. But did you know that only 26% of those in the tech workforce are women? Attraction and retention remain one of the biggest challenges for women in the tech sector. A recent PwC study indicates that only 3% of women say that a career in technology is their first choice. And statistics from Accenture Girls Who Code found that half of young women who go into the tech sector leave their positions by the age of 35, citing a non-inclusive company culture. With this, we've also got the backdrop of the pandemic on women in the workforce. So a lot of women left the tech sector citing burnout, gender biases, toxic aspects of bro culture, and the lack of work-life balance. All of these things together are ultimately driving down the retention rate of women in tech. COVID-19 pandemic has also exacerbated the underlying issues that women have experienced in the workplace, such as redundancies and taking more time off for domestic tasks, which has resulted in burnout culture. So what's the opportunity here? Well, recent studies have shown that by increasing the number of women who work in the IT sector could actually bring an added £2.6 billion a year for the UK's economy. So with that in mind, we're going to speak to four women in the tech sector to tell us about their journeys so far. Marta Manzano Basils from Rio DX, Doreen Tutikian from Oh My Gino, Tamara Munoz from William, and Patricia Chan from Cambridge Wireless. Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Doreen Tutikian. I am the co-founder and CEO of Oh My Gyno, which is a femtech company that focuses on telehealth, home testing, and selling femtech products in the fem shop. So femtech is one of those buzzwords at the moment. There's a huge trend in it. What are your observations for femtech in 2022? It definitely is a buzzword. Unfortunately, you still see in the world of investment that actually they get very little investment and very little attention. A lot of the VCs that are out there are actually interested more in having access to these portfolios, but they really invest very, very few of them. And once they've invested in one femtech company, even if it is in a specific regional, geographic region, let's say, um, they don't invest in others. So it is a buzzword, but we're really trying to push for them to understand the values behind femtech and why it is needed, so that it's not just some, some passing fad. Absolutely, you mentioned kind of the values there. What is it that really inspired you to start this company? As a person who has a vagina, 
and have been uh, accessing different forms of gynecology in different parts of the world that are maybe considered more conservative, I've realized that there's a lot of um, disrespect that happens in the clinical uh, closed spaces. And I wanted to address that by developing research and survey to understand is this a problem just for me or for the rest of the people. Turns out that anybody who doesn't really live the typical heteronormative lifestyle, having children at a certain age, doesn't really fit into the scheme of conservative doctors in more patriarchal societies. So we wanted to address that. That was kind of my aim for it. And what we're trying to do is create this notion of self-care to understand your body and to understand what your needs are so you can make better decisions. Say, for example, if a doctor wants to provide you with some medication and you can know whether you need it or not. And it's about control, to be in control of your body. And most importantly, privacy, which is also another issue that we don't really get in some of these places. That's incredible to hear. And I think some of the themes you just mentioned there are just universal problems and that could be served with universal solutions as well. Um, uh, just to say that even though we consider these as universal problems, most of the people, especially in the VC world, consider this a niche market. A niche market that covers only 50% of the world's yes, population. Yes. Oh, they say, oh, Femtech, so niche. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> so what, in terms of that, that, that's one of the big challenges, I guess, convincing the VCs. What are the other kind of big hurdles that you've faced bringing this product to market? Oh, so many challenges we have. So one of the key issues that we have that we've realized is happening to all femtech companies is that if you want to use social media marketing, which is basically the best tool nowadays to use, we get rejected all the time. Our ads are constantly rejected. If they say something like a vaginal smear, uh, which is basically one of the tests, you cannot put that ad on. So. We, had an, uh, we even had an illustration of a vulva that was really tiny, that was being held by a girl in her hand that was just rejected a couple of days ago. So we had to make it into a flower. Um, we cannot actually put our ads out there. So we need to be so vague that the user can't even understand what we're trying to sell. So that's a really big issue if this is how we're competing in the market and we cannot say what we're actually selling. But if you look at all of the you know, the use of the female body to promote all types of other things, that doesn't really seem to be a problem at all. Absolutely. It seems like there's kind of a, a conflict of interest there and conflicting views. So yeah. how, how do you think we can change this? And what would be your, if you could have one wish to change this, what would it be? Well, I think that we need to have more women and any non-gender binary people making decisions when it comes to healthcare and where money needs to be spent in healthcare. I think there needs to be more awareness and a little bit more gender equality as to who is making these decisions. Um, that would be the number one priority. And then, of course, I think that these issues that we're facing in healthcare should become more public matters and should be things that we speak about more openly without being afraid of doctor associations and of doctors that have usually more power in society and nobody tends to go there. Yeah, and it certainly feels like it's definitely going in the right direction. But in terms of kind of a major breakthrough or something that you've been particularly proud of, is there a, a key moment in time that you can tell us about? So we managed to convince five uh, men in Spain to give us money to do our project. And uh, it was definitely a lot of arguing involved in there. 
and I had to explain everything from periods to why women go to the gynecologist every year, why they need to get tested, what cervical cancer is, and all of the issues that come about that. And eventually, I was able to get a hundred k of investment. I think that was the biggest breakthrough. I really don't know how we managed because we were fighting throughout the whole time. Wow! Congratulations. I think that's an amazing thing to be proud of. And you mentioned. You know the investors that you had were all male. Yes. And there's a huge thing to be said about male allies in the industry supporting women, but supporting technology startups for females as well. In terms of, is there anyone that you can think about in particular that has really inspired you or supported you through the career, or someone you look up to, I guess? Um, yeah, the founder of Clue, who actually started the whole term femtech because she realized that when she was using um, terminology that uh, you know makes men uncomfortable, and they want you know fintech and crypto this. So she just came up with this word femtech to actually give it a little bit of sexiness that they could understand, and that kind of opened up a whole world for us. Because up until now, this type of work was really um, focused in the whole nonprofits sector. A lot of you know development organizations were the ones that were speaking about these things. But now that these issues are things that we could talk about publicly and be able to base companies on them, so be more financially sustainable, I think that's a really big thing. So yeah. And and I guess in that respect, a lot of people will look be looking up to you and all the stuff that you're all the great stuff that you're doing. If you could offer your one word of advice for other women in tech, what would it be? One word of advice for other women in tech is that you really have to find a balance uh, between, you know, being aggressive but being true to your values. I mean, you want to push because being an entrepreneur is all about pushing, but you also don't want to give up on your values and do things the way others have been doing them just to play the game the way that others do to fit in and to get the money that you need. So yeah, also a lot of patience, I would say, but that's more than one word now. <laughs> <laughs> and and which cities are you currently in and which ones would you like to move into the next 12 months? We are months? currently throughout Greece and we are thinking of moving into Portugal next. We're looking at Italy, Spain, the UAE, Egypt. So we're really open to all the places that we feel like we're needed. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And all the best. <laughs>There is just a lot of companies in this sector and I think I find it quite interesting because it's growing like constantly and so yeah. Were your studies in, in this career in this uh, were your studies in technology? No, my studies actually are in business management, but I just want to focus more in technology because I think it's the future and I think it's quite important in the world. Amazing. So um, what has been your biggest challenge? You mentioned, you know, you joined the tech industry. It's a fresh face, you're 22 years old. Have you faced any challenges? Yeah, actually I did because first of all, I'm really young. 
so you can hear it in my voice like that I don't have much experience and in this industry there are a lot of men as you can see and they're like grown-up men so they don't take me like for serious and there is just a small like community of women in this industry so actually I feel like sometimes a bit alone you know I don't have anyone who will understand me or who would think the same as I do so I think like more women should join this industry because it's really interesting and there is not a big community of us yeah I think you're absolutely right you can tell at events like this that there's a very small minority um, of women here so how how do you think we can change this I think uh, especially like in the university we need to focus more on technology you know because uh, for, for example here in Spain you still have the same education as I don't know 10 years ago but the world is, is changing so we need to show that this part of our world like the technology part is really important and it's really the future like all the economy is going to be based in this I think in, in the future like in five years or even less. So I think we need to open the students like the big world of, of technology. So more students, so studying technology subjects at school or get, getting people interested at a younger age? Yeah, I think like more, even more than in university is like subjects. Some subjects have to be really compulsory to study, you know, just to enter in this field because for a lot of students or even in high school, people don't know the really like the matter or the interesting field that this is so I'd agree so in terms of your career so far what has been the number one proudest thing that you've done so far so far I'm really proud of uh, me developing a logistic department without even finishing my degree in this company actually because I was the first person in charge of logistics um, so yeah I'm really proud of that could you elaborate a bit more on that? So in terms of the size of your company, how many people you had to like compete against? I mean, I, 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 as I was the only one in charge of this department, I had to be against almost everybody, you know, because I was the one doing the, the shipments of our product because at the end we are a software, but we as well offer hardware. So we need to sell this hardware and we need to, to ship it to the clients. So I was like the only one facing the, our customers, all the things that we get like in the middle of, of, of us and the customers, like for example, I don't know, the companies, FedEx, DHL, you know, I just need to face all the problems and talk with everybody. Huge resilience right there. In terms of, you know, having to, you know, take on so much at such a young age, um, has there been anyone that you, has, is there anyone that stood out as someone who's really supported you or someone that you look up to? You know, actually, like in my company, as uh, I started, like I was the first actually young woman starting in my company because before there were always like old men, let's say. And yeah, they were actually helping me a lot. They were giving me some tips and always like saying to me, if you know that you're right, you need to stand for your rights, you know, you don't need to be feeling like you're lower or you're less because you're a woman and because of your age you know so if someone is doing something wrong you need to say it and you need to be like 100% right of what you're saying so yeah they helped me a lot and and is that similar to if you could say one thing to other women in the tech space what would you say I would say like actually fight for what you want 
because even if you're women, even if you're a young woman, you need to fight for it, you know, because you don't need to be below somebody just because you're a woman or just because you're a young age. Amazing. And just to, my final question is really, is there anything you think that employers or the tech industry should be doing to support more women in tech? Um, actually, like, I think we need to open a bit more the window to the woman, you know, just to listen more to a woman's opinion because we have a different point of view that industry industry is not so much taken into account. So probably just listen more to what we are like, what we're saying or what we can say in it. Because now I, I don't think we're hurt here, like in this company. We've got a long way to go. Do you yeah. think we're going in the right direction? I don't think we're going the wrong, but we have a long trip to, to go on, I think. So yeah. Uh, my name is Patricia Chan. I'm from Cambridge Wireless. We are based in the UK, in Cambridge. Um, where I'm from, uh, personally, I'm from Singapore. And I worked in Singapore, and I moved on to Hong Kong, and I've been in the UK for about 20 years. Oh, amazing. So you're really bringing the international flavor to International Women's Day. I do, I do. And I'm coming from a Singaporean Chinese background as well. So I think in the... Um, UK and in the world that we're living in is very globalized and this is where we can enhance our skills and learn from where we come from. Amazing. Um, you know, we're at this event at the moment and, you know, one of the interesting things about coming to a tech event is the lack of representation and diversity. What, what have your observations been? I agree with what you're saying. I think um, just coming here for the first time Mobile World Congress, it is my first time here to such a big event and I can see just around me about 80% of men uh, are being represented and very few of the women um, are being represented so to speak. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot more to learn from this. I think there is a lot more um, embracing of women in tech nowadays. Uh, I can see from the speakers there's a you know they'll try to balance it uh, in, in as much as they can and there is from CW's perspective we have been trying very hard as well to get more women representative more speakers more women in technology to showcase what they have got their insights their learnings over the years their journeys how they actually get onto the technology world but I think we're still um, struggling slightly I think we can be uh, pushing it harder and actually coming together as women together to really um, support each other, to mentor the young, um, to show that there are so many journeys that can get you into technology. So I personally am not from the technology background. I come from recruitment in the first place in Singapore, the travel industry in Hong Kong, and then now I'm in technology. Uh, I don't speak the tech, the tech uh, but I am working in that environment. So I think there are many, many ways, many journeys to tell the women in the world that there's always a window open there's always space for you to be out there to showcase what you're best at yeah. you mentioned a really interesting point there that you don't come from a traditional technology background and I think that's particularly interesting um, this year with the great recession we're seeing lots of people quit their jobs and consider new career paths so things like technology and you know becoming and with industries becoming digitalized. 
What is it that attracted you to take up a job in the tech space? I think it is a challenge, first of all, because your mindset when you're not coming from technology background is that you may not know what to do and what to say um, and, and where you're coming from. But I think what's important is you must remember that you have got um, transferable skills. Right. Always remember there are transferable skills, life skills that can take you from different sectors and areas um, and that you can shine in, in. So long as you've got your work ethics, I think that's really important. You must work at it. Nothing comes as naturally, even to the, um, the top entrepreneurs, the women in technology. Nothing comes without work, without hard work. So as so long as you're willing to work hard, there are transferable skills that you've got. You just need to be confident in yourself. I love that. It's all about hard work and having that strong, I can, I can do it attitude. What is it that has been the pinnacle moment of your career so far that made you really feel like I've made it? I would never say I've made it completely. I think sometimes this is, you know, per, maybe it's a personal imposter syndrome. I think women tend to feel that sometimes. But I think it's to push against it and say, yes, I may not feel that I've made it, but actually the people around me see that I've made it. And I think that substance, that substance, that integrity of working hard, that will shine through ultimately. And we're always here. There's always challenges. It's just to keep pushing. I think we can do it. Yeah, you mentioned actually the importance of the, the people and the company you keep. So has there been anyone in particular that stands out in your mind has really inspired you or pushed you to you know, try something new in your career? Well, I, I mean, this is quite tactile. It's like, okay, it's my mom, my mom who passed away last year. And I think um, it resonates with a lot of people, a lot of women, uh, a lot of you know, men even. Uh, it's not just, it's somebody who is strong and who is not afraid to face challenges. And um, we call, I mean, you know, my family call her the superwoman. Uh, and for me, I just think I'm part of her. So she can be the superwoman, so can I. She sounds amazingly inspirational. And I think that actually goes to show that sometimes your allies within your tech career doesn't necessarily have to be somebody within your team, within your company. It could be the people around you. Um, who really inspire you and to do your best. I, I think definitely. And also, I think it needs to extend to the network friends, the network friends, not just family, that can support you and be there to encourage you all the way. We have got setbacks. and uh, We will face setbacks. But it's actually reaching down to the bottom and pushing yourself back up. I see this as like a swimming. You dive in, right? You dive into the deep. Don't worry. You always come back up. On that note, what is the one thing you would say to... I guess women starting in the tech career, maybe as a new joiner, fresh from university, maybe someone considering to choose a technology subject at school, or maybe someone from a completely different sector looking to make the transition into the tech sector. I would say to them, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to connect. So for me, I would like to connect to as many young people as possible and actually share my connection. So don't be afraid that others will um, not want to share your connections uh, with you. So come and ask. Um, it's, it's always worth trying. And um, if you don't ask, you never know. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You mentioned, you know, connections and the importance of networking there. Mm. What is it that you think or that you hope that the industry could do more of? That's a very good question. Um, I think just speaking to a lot of our corporate members, there's a lot of um, interest to support diversity inclusion. Um, 
I think it's really coming together. Individual organizations are doing their little bit, but I don't think that's good enough. If there's a way of pulling every all the resources together, um, there must, you know, probably that will contribute much bigger and wider um, to the community around us. So I think it's coming together as a community, that's important. So long as we can come together as a community, we can extend that presence, that understanding of uh, of knowledge, of insights, of support um, to not just women. I think it's even diversity and inclusion extends to um, the economic differences. So extend to everyone, really, if we can do it. I think that's an ideal world. Uh, and, you know, perhaps with what we're doing right now with yourself, sharing that understanding, sharing uh, the experiences of different women that will support um, this going forward. Hi, I'm Marta Manzano Balsells. I'm the support developer of Rio Diagnostics. Um, and on my day today, I developed the backend and frontend of our system to diagnose hematological um, diseases. Um, about 75 or 80 percent of our company is um, are women. The other 25 percent are men in real diagnostics. Could you tell me what this app does, please? Yeah, we are developing a, uh, a device that can detect some. Um, hematology diseases, hematologic diseases, with just a drop of blood, of capillary blood. Here at RioDX, I'm the software, the main software developer, um, both backend and frontend, and I can I manage the databases. Can you tell us a bit about your your route into tech? Yeah, um, I've always liked technology and. When I finished my um, obligatory, my compulsory um, education, I went to university and I did my uh, a degree on on engineer and tele telecommunication engineering. That's it. And when I finished, I found real diagnostics and I came here to work. Um, was there something that appealed to you about the company? Maybe the balance of the Yeah, um, especially that I could um, do a, t a very technical role um, in a clinical environment because we're re very related to, um, to health. And I really liked that. Were you part of a large group of women um, studying those subjects? Um, well, no. <laughs> in my high school, um, there were very few women who went to engineering um, um, career paths. And in my engineering um, degree, there we were like maybe 25% of the people there. What would you say has been your biggest challenge uh, in, in your career so far? I think maybe um, passing all the, the the subjects in university because some of them were quite difficult and and I had some trouble like focusing to study and putting in the hours to, to do that. Do you think there are still particular challenges for young women following a path like yours? Yeah, of course, I think. Such as? Mm, such as not having role models, for example. Um, I think that's a really big one because if you cannot see if you don't see what you can be I don't think you think you can be that is there one thing 
that employers or companies could change to encourage and support more women into tech? I think they could um, give us the opportunity to, to do that because sometimes they they don't hire us just because of um, some situations like being um, like for example getting pregnant or something like that they can it can be a drawback for them to to hire us and I think that get, that shouldn't be like that can you also um, think of any allies that have supported you uh, mentors male or female that that yeah, I remember especially my maths professor in in some years ago that she was also a, a telecommunication engineer and she was and she she told me that I should pursue pursue this career path because um, she really liked what she was doing and and she told me that I could also do that and be happy with it. So Thanks for all our guests on this episode. This year's International Women's Day theme is Break the Bias. And we're sure you'd agree that these inspirational women are doing just that. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to subscribe to the Tech Podcast and tune in next time to hear more about the fast-changing world of tech. See you then.